funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, colors some sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest people I know. Hello, world, and welcome to the Funniest People I Know podcast and radio show. We are coming to you live from the Georgia radio. You know, I'm not even. I, just, I quit. I quit I this know. bitch. Just let it go, George. I can't. Like, it's no I can't. Point. I can't. You know what? I work really, really hard <laughs> to put on a great show, and this guy over here doesn't even know what live means right. anymore. It's, not even listen to you. it's a live show. Yeah. It's live to me. I'm the voice. He's packing his bags, folks. He's you know, almost out the house. door. You know, from now on, listeners, we are not live. He is a liar. I am done fighting this battle. <laughs> I'm your host, Will Amato, here in the Atlanta studio with a cordial cartel of Atlanta's most available comedians. <laughs> what um, is this cordial right? cartel? <laughs> I like alliteration. <laughs> right. And alliteration is fun. Single, ready to mingle. <laughs> Available. <laughs> That's not alliteration. <laughs> Those are just words. He said available, and I'm single. I'm like that available. <laughs> it is the new year. Mm-hmm. It is. And there's a bit of news in my life. I have submitted an original play to a theater in California. What? Really? Wow. There's a little bit of backstory here that I want to talk to you guys about. So for Christmas this year, I went to see my wife's family in Sacramento. I bought everyone tickets as a present because Mm -hmm. what do you get for your father-in-law? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You want to say, I care about you. I appreciate you. But I think an experience Mm -hmm. was my plan here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I bought them tickets to a show at the Sutter Street Theater in Folsom, California. The show was called Holiday in the Hills. It seemed like just a cute sort of local, maybe high-ish quality theater. It had mm-hmm. all five-star reviews on Google. And I brought my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, my wife, and Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil? He's Lily's mother's brother who drove all the way from Southern California, kind of through a snowstorm, mm. in order to come to this show. Oh, wow. Um, you should have just gotten them all bourbon. Yeah. (laughs) Funny people. (laughs) It was the kind of show that you see when your granddaughter or your niece does a play. It's probably going to be terrible, Mm -hmm. but you're going to support them. Except we didn't know any of the children (laughs) in the show. (laughs) That is so funny. It was a very tiny hole-in-the-wall vaudevillian sort of theater. And I'm 85% sure there were more people on stage than there were in the audience. Oh, my God. I've been there. Oh, no. I want to explore these people. There's this older couple that's been running the theater for about 15 years. They're in their 70s. The woman wore a kind of low-cut dress as if she was a harlot in a saloon. (laughs) Okay. Because every tourist town out west looks a little bit like a cute western town. Yeah. Right? Northern California tourism, you go to Placerville, you go to Folsom, you go to Shingle Springs, there's some version of a knick-knack, cartoony western town with a fudge shop, an ice cream place, <laughs> and an old-fashioned photo place, right? <laughs> and it kind of has a main street where you could sort of imagine a shootout. It's mm. western Disneyland. Yeah. That's what Folsom downtown looks like, and this theater is there. So she's dressed like a character in the saloon. Mm-hmm. And at one point... She comes out to sing a song and do a bit of sexy crowd work. Oh, God. 
she comes up to this maybe 12 year old teenager. No. Okay. I know. I know. Very, not even there. a child. Okay. Child. Okay. And she says, Hey, cutie, how old are you? No. <laughs> and without missing a beat, this is my favorite part of the show. The kid goes, Too young for you. Oh, yes, awesome. child. Yes. <laughs> He's had good timing. Yeah. So we all understand crowd work. We're actors, writers, comedians. We create live entertainment. You might come out and talk to one person, two people, three people max. She made the rounds in this small theater and spoke to every single gentleman in the audience. Yes. Harlot. It was painful. It was slow. She petted me in my argyle sweater. You had on argyle? I'm living for it, actually. (laughs) Well, so... It was one of those shows that was so bad that I couldn't take my eyes off it. Mm-hmm. And, like mesmerized. And you're going, oh my gosh, is this really happened? So there were kind of the men, then the women, then the teenage girls, and the very young children. These were the mm-hmm. groups of people. All the men looked like maybe the banker in town who <laughs> wanted to be in the show. Oh, that's Dave who runs the funeral parlor. Look at him sing. Right? <laughs> they also... <laughs> They, what's a funeral parlor? What? <laughs> what's a funeral parlor? Is what? that the wrong term? No, a what? funeral home? A funeral home? Yeah. It's a parlor. Oh. It's a western. Like funeral parlor. That sounds what's lovely. A funeral right? parlor. I want to die in a funeral parlor. It's a western thing. You don't theme? die there. <laughs> Gays die in funeral parlors. They die in funeral salons. Yeah. <laughs> and the yes. funeral's just called the kiki. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You broke That's it, he's out. <laughs> Let's have a kiki. Ooh, sad. <laughs> I want to tell you a little bit more about the show. In the beginning, the narrator comes out. He's the older man who's married to the harlot woman. And he, <laughs> I'm sure he likes you calling his wife that. He's dressed in old-timey Western gear because this whole area, the culture and the history, is about the gold rush. Mid-1800s, everyone, gold! They all packed up their wagons and went west. And they've been living in that historic glory ever since. Mm -hmm. He comes out and he says, well, I operate the town newspaper and I'm so-and-so and, you know, gives us a bit of history. There were children in the show who would come out kind of rowdily. They were the town hooligans. <laughs> you know, we're talking five and six-year-old. They were adorable, but that was kind of their whole purpose. And every scene, they would tell a joke. Collectively. Okay. And the jokes, they probably found on Google. I Googled bad Christmas jokes and found every single one of them. Oh, will you share one? TJ. Yes. What do you call Santa when he stops moving? Uh, Dead. Okay. Took a dark turn. (laughs) Moves to the funeral parlor. Santa pause. (laughs) Nah, he's dead. Alex. A dead Santa. Uh Which of Santa's reindeer has bad manners? You know Donner didn't have to ask. Donner's wowing out. Ten more minutes of this, please. (laughs) (laughs) Rude Alf. George, what kind of music do elves listen to? Elvis. Rap. Oh. Before I move on. My favorite point of the whole show is in the middle of the second act, after intermission, they make everybody stand up mm-hmm. and do some sort of repeating song where everyone's cluck like a chicken, duck, da da duck, da You know, it's this very interactive animal, farm animal mm-hmm. sing-along where the my audience favorite. is involved. I'm in a row behind my mother-in-law mm-hmm. and Uncle Phil. Oh, no. It's like I drove through a snowstorm for this. <laughs> Everybody stands up, and if you can imagine, there's a wall, then there's random stranger there by himself, mm-hmm. then my mother-in-law, then Uncle Phil. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. Everybody else in the row was clearly already paired up because Mm -hmm. when they say find a partner. Oh, no. It's one of those. I watch my mother-in-law. She looks to her left and I see her kind of think, oh, God, not that guy. Mm-hmm. And then she looks to her right, and I'm thinking, she's going, oh, gosh, now I have to play patty cake with my brother, Bill. So I got to watch on Christmas my mother-in-law, because of tickets to a show uh-huh. that I bought, play patty cake in a room full of people. <laughs> they made grown folks play patty cake? Yes, they did. Uh-uh. uh-uh. I am so, not your entertainment. I'd like to share a one-sentence review of the play. The plot was senseless, the singing abysmal, and the material stale as prehistoric bread. Every Christmas, Mm -hmm. Lily's family hosts a play reading Mm. with the neighbors. Oh, cool. This year, her dad asked me to write that play, knowing Mm. that I'm a comedy writer. Okay. They live in a town called Shingle Springs, and so I wrote this very silly comedy play called Shingles for Christmas. At the end (laughs) of the show, Lily's father comes to me and says, your play was a lot better than this. And so I sent an email last night to the artistic director of the Sutter Street Theater with the first 10 pages of Shingles for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I would be delighted to gift you with the play if you decide to use it next season for Christmas, provided that I get to be there to watch the show. Are you kidding me? I would go to see it. I want to see Shingles for Christmas. I want to see this group of people put on the production of Shingles for Christmas with no involvement from you other than you gave them the script. I'm not going to be involved in production at all. I'm just going to show up and watch it. Who would the harlot lady play in Shingles for Christmas? Oh, my gosh. Probably the mayor's wife. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, kid. We've been doing the same production for 50 years. I don't say <laughs> anything as long as I live. I wish you guys could see TJ, like, miming a cigarette uh, or waving smoking. a cab down. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, kid. We've been doing the same show for 50 years. We've changed it up. The whole town will go mad. Go right in the streets. <laughs> We're only at the end of it. Oh. Put me in the funeral parlor. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, you should definitely yeah. audition. I will. I you should will. be the mayor. Yeah. I hear I'm, your wife is hot. Yeah. <laughs> she I'm, better be. <laughs> I'm going to keep the funny people updated yeah, on when please. I hear back, because even if it's a rejection, mm-hmm. I definitely want to oh, let everybody know. I hope know. it's a rejection, and then we read it on it. Likely, this is a future writer's graveyard piece, or perhaps mm-hmm. a play produced in Folsom, yeah. California at yeah. the Sutter Street Theater. If you or anyone you know mm-hmm. has a contact at the Sutter Street Theater, please let them know that please. you would love to see Will Amato's <laughs> original show, Shingles for Christmas, on stage. We should start a whole campaign. We have people protesting. If they started getting a bunch of social media, you know, I bet if I made a donation, they would do it. Mm-hmm. You gotta do a Kickstarter. We'll keep you posted on that, folks. Without further ado, it's time to turn to TJ. Yeah. You have discovered the gem. Yeah. I was on TikTok the other day, and this guy was doing a video about this show that he discovered on YouTube that CBS aired in 2007 called mm-hmm. Kid Nation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yep. The premise is they bust 40 kids ages ranging from 8 to 15 into the middle of the desert to build a society from scratch, which begs the question, <laughs> is this the worst reality show ever made? And how is this legal? <laughs> the creator wanted it to be more of a social experiment. CBS was like, nah, it's a reality show competition. So it ended up being a weird mix of the two. Mm. This is 100% real. I remember yes. this on Yeah, mm-hmm. It exists. You can watch the entire show on YouTube? You can watch the whole season one, which is all there was, because there were lawsuits <laughs> 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 eventually. 
Mm-hmm. It's very Lord of the Flies. These kids are totally on their own. Yes, and it's basically like, hey, let's see what happens when we dump a bunch of kids out in the middle of the desert. And, and let them effectively it, run their own society. Basically. It's a sort of deserted western town. It is a old Hollywood set, but they tell them it's a deserted town called Bonanza <gasps> City. That's so funny. <laughs> yes. Bonanza yes. City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then the kids realize that there's nothing on the other side of the saloon door. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the first episode, so some of y'all wouldn't have to, or maybe if you want to. We'll see. <laughs> Thank you Let's for doing that. Let's hear what you have to say, and then uh, I'll tell go us, back from there. Tell us about the first episode of Kid Nation. All right, guys. So after the kids are shipped off on the school bus to the desert, their town council arrives by helicopter, spraying the rest of their peasants with sand when they <laughs> land. <laughs> The town council consists of four kids, one very unlikable Boy Scout named Mike, a spelling bee champ who's already over it named Anjay, a student leader with a thick Boston accent named Laurel, and a 10-year-old pageant queen from Georgia who wants to bring world peace to Africa's orphans in Iraq named Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact, she went to my alma mater, Georgia Southern. The adult host pulls the town council aside and introduces a two-pound paperweight gold star worth $20,000, which the town council is tasked with rewarding to the best kids kid set up for a reality show competition. Due to New Mexico's child labor laws, the kids are then forced to haul wagons full of their supplies for miles <laughs> to their Hollywood set slash ghost town, Bonanza City. One kid pulls a muscle, no big deal. Also, there's this adorable kid named Jimmy who's eight years old, and the whole time he's like, I'm too young for this, and get me the hell out of here. <laughs> and he gets it. <laughs> Once they reach the town, nine-year-old Alex is sad there's no adults, and ten-year-old Taylor is sad that there's no President Bush, and eight-year-old Mallory is overall just completely disgusted with the whole place. Cut to two kids chasing around a loose chicken. It's dinner time and the kids are starving. They find a historic looking cookbook and they totally get bored with it and they decide they're just going to wing it for dinner. (laughs) 14 year old Sophia to be in charge of cooking a meal for 40 kids using a wood fire oven which results in her having a five hour long panic attack. Oh my god. Pageant queen Taylor has a breakdown because there wasn't any meat in her meal and is already feeling the lack of protein. Laurel tries to console her but she's terrible at it. One kid is like, this is the worst day I've had in three years. Mike the Boy Scout is having a mental breakdown because no one wants to attend this town hall meeting. And Laurel the Bostonian tries to cheer him up, but it doesn't work because, again, she's terrible at consoling people. <laughs> <laughs> the next morning, everyone's up and they're already working. They're cooking, they're milking cows. It's great. The town council finds this book that gives a history of the origin of the town and why it's quote-unquote failed. The author of the book slash former Bonanza City resident advises the town council that in order for the town to thrive, the kids need to be segregated into four groups, red, green, blue, and Hufflepuff. Laurel chooses green because she's 100% Irish and from Boston. Laurel finds eight-year-old Jimmy having a mental breakdown because he's too young to be here, and Laurel continues to be terrible at making people feel better. (laughs) At night, the two oldest boys go around the town with chalk and Team Blue on all the cabins. Boy Scout Mike calls it graffiti, and he's generally pissed. Halfway through the episode, it's finally revealed that all 40 kids are sharing one outhouse bathroom. Oh, Oh, no. It smells. None of them want to use it. They just want to be done with the whole thing. Cut to the adult host ringing a bell to summon all the kids for a meeting. He reminds eight-year-old Jimmy that he's away from his parents, causing him to cry again. He's too young to be here, and this has become an overarching theme. The adult host <laughs> reveals that each of the kids should have a job, but all the jobs are divided up into wealth classes. Each team will compete in a game to earn their wealth class. One girl is adorably excited about running a store, and one kid jokes he knows his parents' credit card number. <laughs> <laughs> this is how the classes are divided up. 
At the bottom of the class system, we have the laborers. They get ten cents each day. The cooks get twenty-five cents each day, and the merchants get fifty cents each day. And upper-class kids get a dollar each day. They are assigned chores, but they can choose whatever they want to do and pitch in whenever needed. Sound familiar? The game is very complicated. And involves pumping water through pipes to fill up bottles. It's very confusing. If Boy Scout Mike couldn't get any more unlikable, his team wins and they become the upper class. Since all the teams finished under an hour, they get to choose the ultimate prize, which is between the seven more additional outhouses or a TV. The town council chooses the outhouses. Half the kids are excited about it. <laughs> uh, team Hufflepuff wins the duty of working in the kitchen, which is terrible because they don't believe in following recipes. This is terrible for them, but funny for us. The duty of clean dishes becomes an issue, and Taylor doesn't do dishes because pageant queens, quote unquote, don't do dishes. <laughs> Everyone now hates Taylor. Jared, who's a weird kid and also upper class, immediately buys the most expensive candy in the store in the book King Henry VIII by Shakespeare. It's weird, but let's see where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia, who is 14 from Florida, sees a bike that she wants in the store, but it's three dollars. She doesn't have the money for it because she's at the bottom of the class system. So she dances for the money in the street. Oh. She does some stupid kid dance moves, and someone gives her a nickel to dance further away from her cabin. Nevertheless, she earned all the money and she got enough for the bike. When Asu wants to go home, Jimmy, who's too young for this, raises his hand and is like, I'm too young, like, I'm going to go home. So he goes home and everyone waves by to Jimmy. The town council chooses Sophia, the head chef slash dancing queen, uh, gold star, and she calls her mama and we all cry in the end of the episode. Oh my God. <laughs> How did that get canceled? That sounds so I know, good. Right? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. I said I would make 10 points about the episode, but it ended up being 25. Because it's just so insane. I don't know how CBS is still a channel. Like, how (laughs) are they still around after this show? It was only on one season, right? Yeah. There was tons of lawsuits from parents. The ethics of it all were questioned. I think New Mexico closed their child labor law loophole that the network got through. Well, TJ, thanks. I was turned off because as adults, we probably learned to listen and the children, I found, a lot of times were just sort of yelling over each other. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a bit hard to listen to. Right. That, that, yeah, that's that, pretty common on all reality shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, you say as adults we learned that, but I feel like it's what we should learn as adults, but I don't know if we all are getting yeah. that lesson. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen a Real Housewives episode. <laughs> yeah. I haven't. Yeah. Or just an office I, setting. Well, uh, if you're a fan of Kid Nations, you can email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com. When I was in California, Lily and I wandered into an amazing shop, Vibes Up. Vibes Up? Mm-mm. I brought some of their products back for the funniest people to peruse. And oh, wow. I would like to do the inaugural Funniest People I Know product review. Oh, okay. This is a brochure for Vibes Up. What can you do with this scientifically miraculous mud pie? What? What? Okay. This is a vibe mat. It's got 108 uses and is earth-nurtured with vibrational energy. There's gems, minerals, flower essences, and essential oils, and it's patented for vibrational energy delivery. Oh. Maybe in the areas of health, Mm -hmm. gentle energy, pain support, grounding, and neutralizing negativity. Will's holding what essentially looks like a rubber coaster. It smells lovely. Mm-hmm. And it vibrates? Well, no. no. It's certainly not vibrating. It's definitely rubbery. Then why does it keep saying we vibrate on it? It smells lovely. It smells like, like expensive soap. You're meant to be able to put it on, let's say, your shoulders hurting. Uh-huh. And it'll pulsate some nature energy into you. 
There are eight uses. I'm going to just give you a couple of them. Try eating something that usually leaves you tired and drained, but this time charge it for two to five minutes first. Charging it, you just set it on the little rubber thing, and okay. notice how much better you feel eating the charged food. Okay. Why not just not eat things that make you tired? Also, what do you eat? Turkey? <laughs> Maybe not. There's a chemical in that, right? Emotional clearing. Try holding the bottom of a Vibes Up Earth bottle to the middle of your chest. TJ, you want to try this? No. It's for your chest. I don't know about my chest. You know, you know, you well, it's new. It. I've never used it. Yeah, I'm good. My- I'll, I'll get my own. <laughs> I'm good on my chest. Mm. Alex, you want to try it? I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. So CJ can't yes and All right. Alex. Well, <laughs> oh, I thought you were be- just trying to like be nice. Like I don't know. All, All right, right. So, Alex, put it in the middle of your chest. Close your eyes. Relax. Notice the feeling of releasing stuck emotions that may be holding you back in your life. <laughs> uh, no. I think you have to put it under your jacket. It's not like go on the skin, right? Well, see, I don't know. I don't know why you're trying to get her to take her top off. No, I'm not. I'm trying to get the top off. Oh, God. <laughs> this patented scientific vibrational energy mud pie has essential oils, therapeutic gemstones, flower essences, and liquid crystal amplifying formula with thousands of tiny spheres of quartz crystal. These spheres are under pressure, creating piezoelectricity, over a million rays of natural energy per second. Also, for George, I've brought what is a Vibes Up sleeping mask. Ooh. Before the recording today, mm-hmm. I took a nap wearing this thing. In your and I, car? And I had a pretty solid 20 minutes, i oh, got to tell you. Oh, that's nice. So it's like a sleeping mask with this rubber coaster inside it. Does it it smells good? nice, yeah. Is it the same rubber coaster Alexandria's hosting? I think like, so. They make shoes. Mm-hmm. They make clothing. They had one there on an old dog. <laughs> <laughs> They'd strapped some vibes up to the back of an old dog's legs, and they said it made him feel better. Well, this is oh, really? lovely. I'm wearing the eye mask right now. I think I sound better, don't you? I hear the difference. I feel like the smell is that what creates the good vibrations. Well, no, it's it's the tiny coarse crystals that pulsate with natural energy. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can feel like pulsating against my eyelids. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being amazing, this is a great product, 1 being I'd never use this, how do we rate the vibes up? How much did it cost? These were both free sample items. Ooh, yeah, I, I do a sample. I, you know what? Yeah, I, I, have to, I, I have to admit, the guy was so nice that I paid 10 bucks for the eye mask. Mm-hmm. Eye masks are good, though. I rate it one for white people always running to jump on Alex? Um, I go with George. TJ? Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been the funniest people I know product review, not something that we're a fan of. So we don't recommend Vibes Up Energy Rubber. No. When you talked about you went to this Vibes Up shop, I was like, ooh, I want to try that product. Yeah. You you did not pull out gummy bears. Yeah, it does sound like a dispensary. (laughs) Yes, it certainly does. We've got a very special game this week, Mm -hmm. brand new on the show. This is called the Celebrity Challenge. I was on the interwebs and there was a conversation about people who are black famous on Twitter and it made me start thinking about the different categories of famous like black famous and I thought of all these celebrities that I loved but if I mentioned them to my white friends or friends of other races cultures or whatever they may not know these celebrities that are near and dear to my heart and then I started to wonder what celebrities may be white famous? Is there maybe a Greek famous or maybe a gay famous? Or like, yeah. is there all mm-hmm. these categories of celebrity famous? 
Will and I thought it would be fun to create a game where we talk about who was black famous and who may be white famous. So I came up with some black famous people, some people that were near and dear to my heart, but I wanted to know if Will knew them or if anyone else in the room knew them. And I'm interested to see who Will has on his list. I got some celebrities that I think are pretty white famous. Okay. And then one other that I think is gay famous. A friend of mine sent me a gay famous celebrity. Very good. I I don't know Greek famous, though. I'm sorry, George. It's just Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) (laughs) And John Stamos. Oh, and now Tom Hanks. We just made him Greek. (laughs) (laughs) He's one of us now. All right, Alex, who's your first one? She played Moesha's stepmother on the hit show Moesha, and she is very proud of her Jamaican heritage. Wow. I have no idea. I know the show Moesha, mm-hmm. but I couldn't tell you the name of that actress. Shirley Ralph is the name of the actress who played Moesha's stepmother. I love her very much. She's been around forever. She originated the role of Dina on Broadway in Dreamgirls oh, with right on. Loretta Devine and Jennifer Holliday. Oh, yeah, Jim yeah. Holliday, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a name I know. <laughs> the original Effie White. Hello. Right, here's one for you. Mm-hmm. This actor played Doolittle Lynn in Coal Miner's Daughter. Woodrow F. called in the 1989 miniseries The Lonesome Dove. Mm. And Agent K in the 1997 hit film Men in Black. Is that uh, Tommy Lee Jones? Ah, uh, yeah, that's yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. It's only Men in Black yeah, that gave me that. I didn't that either. No. I should have left it at the other two. Because <laughs> everything mm-hmm. else I was like, ooh, chill out. Lonesome Dove, great miniseries. Right, Alex great has one Western. point. Best known for his role as Raheem Porter in the 1992 thriller Juice. And he also starred on one of my favorite shows as Darnell Wilkes on the UPN CW comedy Girlfriends. Absolutely no idea. Khalil Kane. Google Khalil Kane, one of my all-time crushes. This actor played Brad Hamilton in the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High. The voice of Larry in... Clifford the Red Dog's really big movie, and Charlie's stepdad Neil in the 1994 hit film The Santa Claus and two sequels. <laughs> I see his face. It's like your basic it's white not guy the name. Dude from 24. It's not keep yourself the look. Oh my God! This is gonna burn. Because all white people are the same. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only white show she knows. (laughs) He's a good one because he's super white guy famous. This guy's Mm -hmm. been in so many movies. He's that Mm -hmm. guy from every movie. Mm -hmm. I think it's something ridiculous. 185 films. Oh my God! He's been in a lot, a lot of TV shows. His name is Judge Reinhold. Yes, I got a point. I got a point. You do have a point, man. I thought it was the guy from Home Improvement. You said the Santa Claus, right? Yeah. So Tim Allen is also in the. Tim Allen. I said Neil, who plays the, Charlie's the stepdad. Oh, stepdad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bob? Yeah. Not All right, you give add. me another one. Okay. This person may have made their way to the mainstream, but I'm going to go ahead and put it out there and see if I can stump you. They were constantly made fun of by Martin Payne on the 90s sitcom Martin. Mm-hmm. And they are currently starring as one-fourth of the cast on CBS's The Neighborhood. You got me. Tashina Arnold. Her and Tisha Campbell, Martin still, they're still best friends and they still host the Soul Train Awards. This Italian model and actor is known for his cameo in the 2000 movie Dude, Where's My Car? The movie Sharknado 5 and for smacking face first into a goose (laughs) on a roller coaster at Busch Gardens in Williamsburg, Virginia. Oh, can't wait to see this video. 
I'm just going to say Neil Patrick Harris because that's like... No, but this guy's white people famous for sure. Okay. Mm. Fabio. Long flowing hair. Oh, Fabio. Let's do a bonus round and see if I can level the score. This is going to fall under our gay famous subcategory. They are known for their makeup artist skills. I believe they became famous through the YouTube universe. Mm. That's Mm. all I get? That's all you get. I think I know who it is. All right, TJ, who is it? James Charles? No. The, the Jeffrey Sar? Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah he was in it. Yeah. Uh, I would have never guessed that. TJ. Yeah. Good job. I mean, there's like, yeah, there's gay makeup. Like, this is one really famous one. All, All right. right. Cool. Here's one for you. Okay. This person was the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race in 2017. No, I don't know. You got me. Sasha Velour. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Fabulous performance. Oh, yeah. I need to watch that, I'm so too. emotional. Oh, it's amazing. Did you see RuPaul has a new show on Netflix? I did. AJ yeah. and, and the Queen. And the Queen, mm, yeah. AJ and the Queen. George, the funniest people I know phone is ringing. Hi there, you're on the funniest people I know. Who's on the line? Jalen Spores. S'mores Jaylen like Spores a campfire? Like, yeah, like Britney Spores. <laughs> like Britney <laughs> Spores. <laughs> Is killing me. <laughs> oh my gosh, you've got TJ singing Britney Spears. That was the first album I ever bought. Hit me, baby. Brit- one more time. Same. That's how I knew I was gay. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I didn't buy it. I stole it. <laughs> <laughs> Jaylen, you're a longtime listener. Tell us what was New Year's like for you. Oh my God, it was a crazy night. We started out karaoke at U Bar. Right? Uh-huh. I rode the bull. <laughs> I wasn't wearing underwear. Uh-huh. I wasn't wearing underwear, but that's okay. Some people got a shot of the money maker, but like that's good on them. That's a good way to end 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Then we took the party bus. Party bus stopped at Kroger, then made it out past the perimeter outside OTP, and we just picked a random bar that we saw on the side of the road. I don't know the name of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was like a sports bar. There were men. There was also some women. Dancing. <laughs> I don't really know exactly where we were. Sounds very but, familiar. I think I've been there. So there was men and women? Okay. And was it outside the perimeter? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Then we were at the same place. 100%. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. What a coincidence. This was, before, this was before the ball dropped because I always like to count down with everybody. So I had to make sure that I was ready to go nice and toasty mm-hmm. for the ball drop. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Took some shots at the bar, made some friends. Now, granted, I was out with my sister and her husband because I'm single, sexy, and free. <laughs> same. I don't have anybody, like, holding me down or holding me back. Good. Go um, get it, girl. Good for you. Right, you know? I you. love Jayla. Thank you. Thank you. That Don't was have. my 2019 mantra was it was about me. Queen. Um, mm-hmm. All about me. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah, nobody so hold was... Jalen spores down. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Thank you. That's what my therapist says. <laughs> <laughs> Not really my therapist, but it's the cashier at the Kroger. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Good listeners. Yeah. I mean, they, they're literally yeah. trapped. They can't help but listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so I just was partying it up. They were playing all my favorite songs, some Ja Rule. That's my nickname, Ja 
roll in, I'll roll in. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So then we were playing music, drinking, then we played some darts, and then I just all of a sudden, like, I'm getting sleepy. Yeah. So I went to my favorite nap spot, the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just decided to take a little cat nap because we were about 45 minutes out from the ball drop and I didn't want to miss it. But I also didn't want to be fatigued for it. You know what I mean? Mm, so sure. I stocked up on the toilet paper in there, made myself a little pillow. <laughs> that is so smart. Um, yeah, and I put my alarm on because I was being responsible. I didn't want to sleep through the ball drop. Was this the handicap um, stall or the normal stall? It was a small stall so that I could sit and then lean my head up, you know, like when you're in an airplane. And you fall asleep. Like, exactly. It was like the window seat. So, yeah, you don't want to be in the big stall because then you can't window seat it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, yeah, so I took a little nap. It was like a really perfect little cat nap. Woke back up right before the ball was about to drop, and I was nice and refreshed, and I also made a little friend at the bar for the ball drop. We had a party in my mouth. Oh, okay. And that means making out. (laughs) (laughs) Single and ready to mingle. Good for you. So that was mine. That was my news. It was really great. I don't really remember the end of it, but I remember everything up until the beginning of 2020. And you and this gentleman watched the ball drop together, it sounds like. We did. We did. Are you going to see this guy again? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know his name, and I don't have his contact information. Yeah. But I remember, like, a haze of blonde hair. He sounds sexy. Mm-hmm. How long were you asleep? It was exactly 30 minutes. It was a 30-minute <laughs> cat nap. Perfect, mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. What yeah. was the condition of the bathroom? Was it clean? It was presentable. (laughs) It was was not bad. It was not bad. You know, I'm no stranger to a bathroom. I would give it a B rating. Maybe a B minus. It was a little smelly. It was not bad at all. It really wasn't. I have slept in some stanky bathrooms. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. You've said this before. This is definitely not the first time. Oh. (laughs) Not my first rodeo. (laughs) (laughs) I love taking bathroom naps. There's no shame in taking a nap. And where else would you take one in a bar? Well, it's perfect. Especially, I can imagine, you've got the pillow ready to go. Plenty of toilet paper if you're lucky. Exactly. Now, that can be a challenge. You just brought up a great point. When there is no toilet paper left in the bathroom, how do you get a proper rest for your head? What do you do? Um, Well, okay, so this is controversial, but that's when I get on the ground and put my head on the seat. <laughs> it's another way of cradling my face. How long have you been sleeping in bathrooms? Oh, my gosh. My whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I was a wee child. Always taking nappy naps in the bathroom, even when I was a kid. You know, I was bullied a lot in middle school. I didn't like being around lots of people. It was a lot of stimulation, especially during... P.E., so I would just go to the bathroom and take a nap, and everybody would leave me alone. It's my comfort space. It's a safe place, yeah. Exactly. It's like the mother's womb. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a bad idea. Have you ever been caught napping in a bathroom? (laughs) It's a Pope Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even count how many times I've been caught napping. I am not ashamed. 
if you're asking me if I'm ashamed of not my at, behavior. Oh, of course not. No, I mean, I think it's just common sense from my perspective. Oh, good. I've been known to read on the John. Sometimes my legs fall asleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wonder if you're sitting there for 30 minutes, do your legs yeah, fall yeah. asleep? That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, now that yeah, is same. the reason. That's the reason why sometimes a floor nap with the head on the toilet is going to go. Oh, yeah. No cure the neck problems. Thank you so much for calling in. Before we let you go, I just want to know, for 2020, do you have any hopes, any dreams, any resolutions, anything you're looking forward to? Oh, my gosh, so much. I just got a job at Bobby's Burger Palace at the Atlanta Hartsville Jackson Airport. Oh, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Great place. Thank Great you. place. And I'm hoping to make it to assistant manager in 2020. That's my goal. What's the state of the bathroom? Oh, they're beautiful. <laughs> it's the Atlanta Hartsville Jackson Airport, okay? It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's like the Hilton. What's the nicest bathroom you've ever slept in? The Ritz. Their toilets are just, they're gorgeous, really. Jalen Spores, it has been so nice to talk to you. Thank you for calling into the show and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Jalen. You're so sweet. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful year and day. You too. Have a good nap. Okay. All right. Nap, nap on. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Funniest People I Know podcast and radio show. Find us online. Send us an email. We're so glad you're tuning in. Have yourselves a hilarious week. Bye. Bye. 